Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello and welcome to the In For A Penny podcast. My name is Mark Schoffman and I am a freelance personal finance journalist. And I'm joined by Joshua Gersler, who is a financial planner for the advisory practice and also my friend. The advisory practice? No, is a financial planner for the orchard practice. Right, and friends. And also my friends. In previous intros, if you've listened in the past, you'll notice I sometimes call you my financial planner friend. Yeah. I realise in previous episodes I've been taking the friend bit out, so I want to make it clear we haven't fallen out. Not that I was aware of, and I'm no. getting a bit worried. <laughs> nice to see you, Mark. Thank you. Do you want to tell the listeners what we're doing? We are recording a podcast. Do <laughs> you mean what this series is all about? Yeah. This is our series on protection. Exciting. Now, I heard a little rumour that there's a small corner of America that we've become very popular in. So I've been digging into our stats on Podbean, yeah, which is one of the places you can download and subscribe to the podcast. We are big in America, particularly on the West Coast. West side. No, East Coast. That is the East Coast. Particularly on the East Coast. <laughs> east side. In Connecticut. I wonder why we are doing so well in Connecticut in the, the um, northwest corner. North, north, I'm saying as well. The northeast corner of the states. What's famous? So, hello to everyone in Connecticut. Hi to people in Connecticut, which is Isn't Connecticut famous for the Charter Oak. It is, and it apparently famous played. Tree. Yeah, and it played a prominent role in the Revolutionary War. It served as the Continental Army's major supplier. Sometimes called the Arsenal of the nation. Come on, you gunners. And as an, you are an Arsenal fan, that's a great one for you. Yeah. Well, that's lovely. Anyone from Connecticut who is listening, please send us a message. It'd be lovely to hear from you. It would be. And feel free to pass the pod. I see some of you have to your neighbours in New York. Not enough of you, eh? But also, welcome to the other side of America and California, where we've also got a significant... few listeners there as number well. Of listeners, lovely. yeah. So... We're also big in the UK on our um, home sh- home turf, home turf. But we're you know we're international, we global, are international. Now. Yeah, um, yeah. Looking forward to the live show in Connecticut. Can't wait. You're paying. <laughs> so protection. Shall we start with what is protection? Yeah, let's start with what is protection. Okay, because you know you know you have sunscreen protection. Yeah. You've got um, insect repellent. Yeah. Um, there are other forms of protection, but I'm guessing when it comes to finance, it's a whole different ballgame. Protection is a type of insurance in the finance profession. And there are th- probably three main types of protection that people tend to take out. There is life insurance. Okay. There is critical illness cover. And there is income protection. Right. And I think today we're just going to do a high level explanation of the three. Okay. Or discussion. So, life cover, what do you know about life cover? Or life, life insurance? Life insurance, I know you pay a monthly amount, which is known as your premium, to an insurer in return for protection. So, if you pass away, if you die, uh, the insurer will pay out a certain amount of money yeah. to your family. Well, to... the, the last bit is not 100% true because it could get paid to anyone that you anyone choose. Anyone you choose. But yeah. you're right. So, you are insuring your life. Life insurance or death cover, you could call it, insuring yourself against death. And um, it's very important for certain people 
Because if you have people who are dependent on you financially, and if you were no longer around, that they would suffer financially, life insurance is a great way to protect them in that instance. You can't protect from the emotional side of it, but you can take away some of the financial stress and upheaval. So what if I'm single and I don't have any... I think your wife would be a bit upset. <laughs> but if I, don't, if I don't have that many expenses and uh, I don't have any family or anyone who needs to be looked after, do I need life insurance? Probably not. So I don't want anyone to take this as advice because everyone's circumstances are different. But if you have no one who is financially dependent on you and being blunt, if you have no one who would be impacted financially from your death, then no, there would be no need to have life insurance. A lot of mortgage lenders will try to sell you life insurance when they give you a mortgage. No, mortgage lenders won't try and sell it to you. The advisor in the bank might try and sell it to you. Okay. Will they try to do that regardless of your Uh, personal circumstances? I would would like to think they'd only do it if it's in your best interest to have it. Do you always need life insurance if you're getting a mortgage? No, I, I believe that many years ago it was a legal requirement so that the lender was protected. But nowadays, you know, it's, it's not a legal requirement. Okay. You could have your life insurance paid out in different ways. You could receive a one-off lump sum. Okay. Which is what most people tend to do when they are covering a mortgage. Yeah. You could have it paid out in monthly or yearly instalments. And that is um, helpful for people who aren't so good at budgeting or maybe are having the insurance to pl- replace the income that they're loved one was bringing into the family so both serve different purposes so the lump sum and i guess the monthly amount does that need to cover the mortgage payment how do you decide how much that sum should be it will be based on need and affordability because some people might not be able to afford the best cover they could have but something is better than nothing everyone's circumstances are different some people want to be able to clear their mortgage if uh, their partner died Some people aren't bothered about that. They just like some money to come in each month to be able to pay the bills. There isn't a right or wrong. It's whatever is right for your individual circumstance. Do you have to pay tax on the payout you get? No, with life insurance is tax-free. Another type of insurance that people have we mentioned was critical illness cover. So what critical illness cover does is it pays out an amount that you've insured yourself for in the event that you are diagnosed with a critical illness. How do you define a critical illness? It's a very good question. And different insurers have different definitions of what a critical insurance is. There is a gold standard. So the Association of British Insurers put out a code of best practice for critical illness cover as to what they think a suitable definition should be. But it's up to the individual insurer to decide what conditions they want to cover and what their definition of that condition may be. Pop quiz, hotshot. What do you think are the four most common conditions that the critical illness insurers pay out on? So what people claim for. No particular order. Cancer. Ding. There are different types of cancer. We'll just go for cancer today. Cancer. Um, Those listening, Mark has had a massive pause, which has been edited out whilst he thinks of his answer. Stroke. Correct. Ding. Um, Two for two. Let's say dementia. But I don't think that's it. No, you're looking... No. Say it. Dementia. <clears throat> One more guess. Or uh, brain injury. <clears throat> so the two you missed from the, the foremost comment are heart attack yeah. and MS. 
Interesting, because my wife has MS, so you would have thought I'd have mentioned that. There you go. <laughs> but wait, hold on a minute. Hold up. So is it an illness you actually have to pass away from, or is it an illness that actually has to have effect, impacted you? That's a good question. You have to be diagnosed with it. Just have to be diagnosed with a condition and meet the insurer's definition of that condition. Uh, with critical illness cover, it can, it can be paid out similar to the life insurance. Get a lump sum. Yep. Or you could get a monthly or yearly amount. And that's just paid to you, I guess, if you're still alive. Correct. It depends how you set it up. And I know we're going to talk, you said in a future episode, about trusts. So it could be paid. Normally it's paid to you. Correct. There are things called life of another, where someone else takes out an insurance upon you. Okay. Why would someone want to do that? So an example could be your wife, you get divorced. And your ex-wife takes out a policy on you so that you can continue to pay her maintenance if you were ill. I see. What if you had a business partner as well? Would you do that if you're... Yep, that's another one. And I believe we're going to do an episode on business protection further down the line so we can talk about that. That's another good example. Okay. So you mentioned the um, top four critical illness... Conditions. Conditions. When I say top four, I mean, it's not my favourite conditions. (laughs) It's the four most common claimed upon conditions. So, that, so we've done cover if you die. We've done cover if you get a significant diagnosis. What about cover if you can no longer work? So that's called income protection. What that does is it pays out if you are no longer able to work to do your job due to accident or sickness. Income protection normally pays 60% of your salary. Two reasons why they only pay 60%. The first is that it's tax-free as opposed to your income where you pay tax. And the second is they want to incentivize you to go back to work. Fortunately, we live in a society where some people, if they could get the same money for sitting on their backside um, as they could for working, would choose not to work. So income protection is paying you if you cannot work due to accident or sickness. Is that an accident at work or where, where does it have it be, to take place? It could be anywhere, really. Something that causes you not to be able to do your job due to accident or sickness. Could be getting run over, could be falling down the stairs at home something that prevents you from doing your job how long can it last for it can last for as long as uh i was going to say as long as you want it to most of the insurers have a limit of age 75 on their income protection policies now what it doesn't cover you for is being sacked or being made redundant i've even had some people say to me will it pay out if i decide to change jobs that's an interesting concept (laughs) it doesn't because if you make the active decision to give up work or change jobs insurer is not going to pay you for that who decides when you're fit to return to work there's usually a medical assessment required so uh, you have to be signed off or have a doctor's note to prove that you are unable to work and the longer you are off you may need to then have regular checkups thank you checkups 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 so you asked an interesting question at the beginning about life insurance, that if you had no dependents, yeah. do you need it? So let's let's think about that for an income protection point of view. So if yes. you have no partner, no children, no parents, no dog, no dependents, do you still need income protection? What do you think? Well, you're still going to have your own bills you need to pay. I imagine you still need it. Right, and it's probably one of the most important types, but the most overlooked types of cover is the income protection. Because if you can no longer work, you can no longer earn an income, you still have to pay the mortgage, the rent, the council tax, the gas, the electric, the food bills, the telephone bills. Um, so yeah, an important thing to have. Do you think some people weigh up 
ever to have income protection or critical illness because they do sound similar obviously very different things but some could think well i'm never going to get a critical illness I think well and i'm more likely to have a period off work so i'm just going to pay for the income protection and, and save money if some people have to prioritize because of budget constraints um, what I try and encourage people to do is have a little bit of everything because you can't choose if you're going to be ill, when you're going to be ill, how serious it is, when you're going to die. So you're protecting yourself against bad surprises. Do you have to choose between taking a lump sum or a monthly income with life insurance? You can have both if you like. So an example might be um, that you want to have a lump sum to clear your mortgage if you die. Let's let's use you as an example. Okay. God forbid you die. Off the bed. Your wife. Your wife. My wife. Your your wife might say, "I'd like to be mortgage free in the event of my husband's death." So we'd arrange a lump sum to clear the mortgage in the event of your death. But she may also say, "Well, yes, I'm going to be mortgage free. But what about all that income that Mark was bringing in? Yeah. All the moolah, all the dosh, all the lolly. I'd like to replace that as well." So she might have as well a monthly life insurance. She might have as well a policy that pays a monthly amount upon your death. So does that mean you're paying two different providers or two different premiums? It can be. It can all be with one insurer. It can be split into different policies. It can be with different insurers. It's whatever works best for your circumstances. Do you have to get all these products just from a financial advisor or can you get any through your work? Yeah, good good point there. So a lot of employers offer these type of benefits to their employees and when I'm meeting with a client, I normally ask them to bring details of what the employer offers because nine times out of 10, it's great value getting it from work. They're heavily subsidized. They are often free. So it's normally cheaper to get them via your employer. Um, if not, or if you're self-employed, then yeah, you'd need to, you don't have to go to a financial advisor. You could get them direct from an insurer. You could go online and try and find a, uh, a provider. Is there a difference between going direct and using an advisor? Well, you, you don't get advice if you go direct. That's the biggest difference. So you might not get the right products for your needs. So that's a brief introduction to protection. So three types, life insurance, income protection, and critical illness cover. In the next episode, we're going to talk a bit more about the process of applying for type of policies. We'll also talk about the, the different types of terminology that you might come across. And we'll also have an episode on business. Sounds interesting. If you've got any questions, how can you ask them, Mark? Well, you can get in touch with me on email, mark with a C at canvasitioncontent.com. You can get in touch with me, Joshua with a J at topfs.co.uk. The podcast is on my Twitter at InforAPennyPod1. You're on the, the Twitter? I am. Mark, at Mark Schoffman. I'm on at Josh Gersler. Uh, we're on Facebook. I'm assuming people know how to spell my name. Yeah. So uh, look it up, it's in the show notes. Uh, yeah, get us on social networks, Facebook, Instagram. We hope you found this episode useful. If you have, please could you leave us a review by clicking on the link in the show notes or send us a message just to let us know what you'd like to hear, what you'd like us to talk about. But for now, thanks for listening and thank you for being in for a penny.